What is up, everybody? Happy Monday morning. Well, for me, it's Sunday night because I'm recording this a little late in the day. Had some stuff I had to do and get going there. But hey, welcome to episode four of the Active Mission podcast. First, I just want to say thank you guys so much. I'm halfway to my goal of 50 listeners so far. That's honestly, I'm amazed. I've only been at this for nine days. Nine, well, ten days if you count the day it took to upload this first episode. Um... Seriously, I'm full of gratitude. Thank you. Thank you all so much for your continued support and listening. The feedback that I get, guys, it's super great. I, I think from even the trailer that I did to now, there's just been a ton of progress. And I couldn't do it without all of you here. So, again, thank you all. Um, it, it really does mean a lot. A uh, little disclosure here. I do feel like I am losing my voice a little bit. I did have a bit of a sore throat last night. Um, nothing feels COVID-related. Might still get myself checked out, but hey, you know, we'll see. Uh, we will see what happens there. But yeah, I uh, have a few announcements for everybody here, too. Um, week one of 2022 is already over, and sorry, my dog is uh, scratching on my floor, just trying to be annoying. Yeah, he got a little sick last night too, so poor Samson's not really feeling too well. Poor buddy. We went on a five-mile hike yesterday, so that might have something to do with it, but, you know. He's been pretty pretty zoinked out the whole time. Um, But yeah, can you all believe it? We're already a week, over a week, into 2022, and... Things are starting to feel like they're looking up a little bit, you know? I'm actually looking forward to so much that could come out of this year and the things that I'm starting personally that I'm super excited to bring you all in on. Yes, Samson? Okay, well now he's just staring at me while I'm talking to all of you. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to give you all a quick update on the website that I'm doing, theactivemissionpod.com. Again, last week, for those of you who uh, don't remember what I talked about, I was having domain issues the last time, so now it's just full-on I combine everything onto the same platform that I use, which is Squarespace. Again, not sponsored by them, but I do it anyway. And we'll be going from we'll be going from there. I am adding some more content, some more pages, things that I think will help. Again, a goal is to release this by Friday of this week. So I'll be posting on all my socials, on everything. Y'all want to reach me. That's probably going to end up being the best way. Um, also, disclosure, I am on TikTok. It is the most mind-numbing app I've ever been on. At first, I made fun of it because I'm like, oh, this is so stupid. I'm, I don't want to be a part of that. And then I saw how genuinely gold some of the content was on it. And I, I couldn't pass it up. So, here we are. I'll be uh, pursuing that at some point. I have some fun ideas there. So, uh, you know, nobody judge me. I'm in, it. I'm, in, I'm in it to have fun, you know? So that's that. Um, future goals, too. I'm starting my portfolio as well, and I'll have links to that on theactivemissionpod.com. Um, you can see all my design work, the type that I do, both the digital and creative side. I'll be hosting another blog through that that mainly does have to focus on just different elements of design and how you create certain things in ways that we as creatives can be more financially stable. 
you know, financially stable and actually have plans to not only fulfill our passions, but also get by on what we need and then some. So I'm really looking forward to bringing that to you guys. Again, a lot of this, just a massive work in progress. So thank you all for your continued patience and understanding with all that. Um, but yeah, what a hell of a week it's been with just the news, the state of the world. Everyone is just super on edge about the future of the world, which is understandable. You know, we live in really scary times, but, you know, everything will be, uh, everything will be a-okay. And without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and get into this episode. This episode for y'all is all about physical and mental health from the perspective of someone who never really had a good understanding of that growing up. That's, uh, a lot of this is just my story regarding it and why... I'm so passionate about the active side of the active mission podcast and just living an active lifestyle in general is something that I hear a lot of in other podcasts. I see a lot in public, but so few people act out in a way that's I feel like is actually benefiting their lives outside of social media. But all that and more, I have some fun movie reviews at the end of this episode to get into also. Um, Nothing big, I just, it was a popular request that I'd gotten, so I wanted to delve into, like, a top five kind of thing, so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing that all with you. I'm gonna go ahead and let my dog out real quick, because he's, uh, he's getting a little antsy, so I'll be, uh, I will be right back. Alright, I am back. For all of you, that was, like, a three-second break. For me, that was a five-minute break, um. Samson's at that age where he wants to be a selective listener, so I have to uh, have to choose my battles very, very carefully with him now, so take for that what you will. Alright, I do want to talk about physical and mental health mainly in this episode. Um, this is a really tough subject for a lot of people, um, and understandably so, it's a very... Uh, it's very personal. It's very much, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's pretty much it. It's just a very personal part of our lives and one that we definitely tend to take for granted at first and don't really appreciate fully until we're a little bit older and then so many people have regrets like, oh, I wish I started earlier. Um, whatever, I'll just get into my story here. So growing up, I was a bit bigger than other kids. I was never, I was never obese, but I have a very thick chest and very thick legs. Um, and I was constantly picked on for it. So growing up, I had a really hard time fitting in with the other kids, uh, like taking my shirt off at the pool, that kind of stuff. I just, I couldn't do it. In fact, I still struggle with that to this day where it's like, oh man, just body dysmorphia hits me so hard. And I just, I, I can't do it, you know. Every day I'm getting more confident in my body and seeing what I can and can't do. But it's a, it's a very long journey for someone who has gone through, gone through hell with it. Um, you know, it's really easy to fall into a victim mentality about it. I'm not going to let myself in this. It's just sharing where I'm at with it and kind of what it felt like to be that kid who, you know, wasn't super skinny and just decided to bulk up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big dude, you know. I'm sitting here six foot one, almost two hundred forty pounds, but I'm relatively thin 
compared to where I was. Sure, I'd like to lose 25 pounds, but beside the point. I got to a point when I was about 21 years old, this was back in 2018, where it was the day after my sister's wedding, and I took one look at myself, and I thought, man, I hate the way I look. I, I couldn't believe it. I just, I, I hated the way that I looked. And that was really, really tough. Um, from there, I just kind of, I, I was out of options. I was like, okay, I, I know I need to take action. I know I need to do something, but I don't know what to do or how to do it. Um, at this point, my depression was just awful. My anxiety was skyrocketing and I didn't know what else to do. So I'm sitting there the day after my sister's wedding, and I remember this gym that I reached out to. I didn't expect to hear back. They just, you know, I saw the Google reviews, and they were really nice. Um, I have major trust issues with trainers. I had been told, like, oh, you know, you eat too much anyway, when in fact I'm not a very big eater at all. Um... Or that you have a really weird shaped body. You know, your chest is too big. I had a... You know, it's funny. I go to EOS gym now. Because it's, it's what fits best in my budget. And my first time there, I did a session for a trainer. And I remember him sitting there and measuring me. And he's just like... Dang, dude, you got a big ass. And I was like... Why would you say that in public? It was very awkward and embarrassing. Uh, I hated that... <laughs> So much. I mean, I guess it's in, you know, I guess girls like that as much as guys do on girls and so on. Uh, but remember, I am a Christian man. I cannot be saying that. But if I were saying that, that's what I'd be saying. You know, if you if you catch my drift. Um, yeah, that was a really awkward story. And that was actually around the time, around the same time when I was still scoping out gyms back in 2018. But that day I sent that email to that one gym, the owner reached out to me within, I think, 30 minutes of me sending that form and said, hey, I'd love to meet you. You know, when can you come by for a visit? So I scheduled something for later that week, and I met with her and one of the trainers who, to this day, is one of my very good friends and has helped me through a ton and somebody who I hope to get on this show soon if one day our schedules, uh, schedules align. Um, it, I think it would be really great to have him on here. But needless to say, 21-year-old me was very scared and insecure about how I looked. I had never been someone who was, uh, I guess, looked at in a way where it was like I was desirable. You know, girls never really noticed me at all growing up. I was very uh, shy about that. And girls that I did like who I would ask out when I was younger would be like, oh, well, you're too ugly, you're too fat. And I know I shouldn't let that bother me, but it did. Um, but, you know, you can't go back now. But I knew at that point I had to make a change in my life. So one step at a time, finding the right foods to eat, how much of it I had to eat, which was a lot more than I was comfortable with. But I noticed I was losing more and more weight. And I was putting a ton of processed food and garbage into my body without even realizing it. Now, when I started noticing it, the desire for me to eat that food as a means to, like, soothe my anxiety just kind of went away. I didn't 
I didn't feel the need to use food as my comfort anymore. And then, you know, eight months goes by and I lost 40 pounds. I, I couldn't believe it. I was finally at 180. I was thin. I had the visible outline of a six-pack. I had never had that. Like the beginnings of what looked like an eight-pack. I, I, I was shocked. You know? Then I graduated from college and I got a job in construction. So I'm lugging steel up and down flights of stairs all day. I ended up getting a lot more muscular. But got back up to about 190, 195 in the matter of... Oh, I don't know about... The four months I was in that job before I walked off the job site, you know, they tried to play a prank on me and I wasn't a big fan of being pushed out of a boom lift 100 feet up in the air. So I, I just walked off the job site. I never went back. Um, thankfully, the day before that, I got a full-time job offer, which ended up being a disaster for a year. And then now I've been at my current job for about a year and four months now. But... Through that time, transitioning between different jobs and traveling and dealing with life and stress, I've always found the time to make, to be active in my physical health. Pursuing powerlifting, uh, rock climbing, strength training. I do a lot of strength training and cardio right now, but a lot of, um, a lot of outdoors-based cardio, like hiking. Um, anything that gets me outside moving is something that I want to pursue doing because... It calms me down the most. You know, just being outside, getting to walk my dog even. I might take him on a walk after I record this. Is just, there's something about it for me that's so necessary. And I crave that kind of connection with God and others to just be, I guess, alone in those moments. And to put technology away and just say, hey, you know. Life isn't too freaking bad. Sometimes it feels like it. This past week's felt like it for me a little bit, but it's also been a really good past week. You know, if we can't look at the positives and negatives and everything, then we shouldn't be looking for something we're not trying to achieve. That's the way I see it. But through, through my fitness journey, I've gone up and down in weight. I haven't been 180 since about beginning of 2019 I am currently yeah sitting at about 240 but I'm very much more bulky sure I can lose a bit more fat my goal by this summer is to be a solid brick at 225 I think I can do that you know it's gonna be some body recomp 225 pounds at 12 10 to 12 percent body fat is my dream body composition right there that, you know, I think it's entirely possible to do in six months, too. I just have to literally work my butt off for it. Um, that being said, I encourage all of you, as I post more content related to this stuff, um, which I will let you all know, I am starting another blog on the Active Mission pod that's kind of that's kind of a bit separate from it, but just delves into the same thing is really about getting outside. You know, I'm going to call it get out of here or get out of here blog. I don't know. Get out of here is a lot more fun. I think I'll change it to that. Um, but basically just giving my best outdoor recommendations, best travel tips, anything that we can do to find a way to be more 
creatively engaged and just getting active and getting outside is so important. Especially with COVID, the pandemic, people scared about lockdowns. I'm of the crew, I'm of the crowd that's, you know, I respect people's opinions about it. I will follow the rules. If somebody wants me to wear a mask in their home or business, I'll do it. Uh, typically, I don't because I'm uncomfortable doing it. Um, I've been twice vaccinated. I had COVID uh, a couple years ago. I think I was May, June 2020. I had it. I was asymptomatic, but still, I ended up getting the antibodies test. I have the antibodies for it. And I haven't had COVID since then. You know, I take responsibility for my health as other people should too. You know, not to say that I'm going to be anti-vax or pro-vax. I, uh, I'm definitely pro-vaccination. I think if you're anti-vax for literally anything, um, you know, Charles Darwin is smiling down on you. I, uh, I've heard so many arguments to be anti-vax and none of them good. And people who claim religious exemptions, I just, you know, <clears throat> why would God not want you to protect your health? Right, like, we are bought and paid for with a price, and if we're going to disrespect our bodies by refusing to take advantage of the medicine provided to us, I mean, sure, I'm not going to force other people to take the vaccine. I don't think other people should be forced to take it. I took it because I knew it was the best thing for me to do. I had to do it in order to get to see my dad, who's in an assisted living situation in New Mexico. To work a couple side gigs, I had to get the vaccination. I had to, in order to get him to do a bunch of things I wanted to do, I had to get vaccinated. So I knew the risks and I knew what I was doing. And I'm fine with it. But actively refusing to get the vaccine because, oh, well, they're going to implant a microchip in my arm. Hey, you know what? You can directly just talk to Bill Gates at that point and be like, hey, yo, give me that Xbox Series X. You know, you can yell at him every day. Just like, hey, yo, Bill Gates, wake up. Um, yeah, I really want one of those, but that's going to be, <clears throat> that's going to be a while off. Probably at this point. Anyway. That's my little spiel on the vaccine. Um, I 100% take COVID seriously. No, I don't think people should be forced to take it, but I think people refusing to take it for dumb reasons, like my religion says I can't. Like, is it the word of God telling you you can't do it, or is it the people in your church telling you you can't do it? Because if it's the people in your church telling you you can't do it, you know, I just want to encourage you, like, you're a full-grown adult, I hope, listening to this, or you are... A bit of an older teenager, I guess. Like, seriously, it's worth considering. And especially the line of work you want to go in, yeah. I mean, being vaccinated against most things is a requirement. Yeah, I, uh, I'll lose some friends because of that, but I really don't care. You know, if I lose friends over a stance on the vaccine that doesn't affect them in any direct way, then they weren't really my friends to begin with. And I'm okay with that. But I definitely recommend the taking responsibility for your own health in the way that makes sense to you. But don't let other people tell you not to take the vaccine under the guise of, oh, well, I know what's best for you. Well, do they? I don't know. I don't know. Again, a lot of this is just my opinion. I don't want to get too into it. Um, probably save that for a future episode where I talk to people who know more about the technology than I do. Uh, 
Or maybe not. It just kind of depends at this point. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Hmm. It's a good idea, actually. Yeah. So, through that, you know, I have new health and fitness goals for this year. I, yeah, like I said, I want to get down to that solid 225 at 10 to 12% body fat. I'll be, I'll be like a CMU block wall at that point. Just built like a brick. Just, I guess, pounding those weights in the gym every day. That's, it'd be really cool to see what my body would look like at that point. I do notice that as I'm losing weight, I have more of that natural V because I have such a big rib cage and my chest is very round. You know, I'm not a flat chested dude by any means. Those of you who've seen me, like, side profile, I have a very big chest from the front and the side. So never being able to fit into those form-fitting clothes that I've always wanted to fit into kind of sucks. But <clears throat> you know what? My body works, and I have very little health issues, so I'm very grateful for that. You know, knock on wood for now. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. Going into this year, getting to that goal weight, I will be doing the Spartan 10K here in Arizona in November because... I almost got to do a 5K about a year ago, but then it got canceled because of COVID. I tried to get the refund that never went through. It's a super long story. I was really upset about it. But, you know, there's no time like the present. I'm just going to go and I'm going to get it. I'm going to get that medal. I'm going to get that 10K done, and it's going to be great. You know, I have a couple friends who are going to do it with me, which I'm beyond excited about that. I, uh, you know, two, three years ago, I would have never thought I would have had anybody who wanted to do this with me, but now here we are. So that's going to be super stoked for that. Those of you who are in Arizona, definitely would love to see you out there for the Spartan race in November. It would be cool to meet some of you if I ever get this following big enough to reach a larger audience, which is definitely the goal. You know, once I hit that 50 followers, my next goal after that is to really increase my presence on social media where I'm... Or I'm just out there meeting people who are taking control of their lives and the things they can and actually being led by a purpose to not only follow their mission in life, but to follow their passions, their dreams, and really ultimately at the end of the day, what is God calling me to do? And that's what I want to do. That is the road that I want to be on. So that's that's my health and fitness journey at this point. Sorry for the brief spiel on COVID. Well, not Sorry. But I think it is a big part of it. You know, COVID's been a big part of our lives for the past two years. And there's no reason to hide from that. You know, we all got to live through it. And it's going to be really cool to see how we all, uh, how we all go from here. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope the rest of you are too. You know, part of that passion for the outdoors for me really came from being younger at my old church that uh, I won't mention here. It's just a lot of uh, a lot of bad, bad things happened, but there were some good things. And one of those good things was I would go camping once a month with a group of kids my age. For the first time in my life, I was making friends. And we would go camping, we would go hiking. I remember hiking through a river and falling down a 12-foot waterfall and immediately getting up going, I'm okay, and only to realize that I have a huge gash in my knee now. Um, 
stuff like that uh kind of sparked that inspiration to me like man just there's something about being outside and actually working to see some of these things that inspires me and I fought like hell to get to that point and to go from there to kind of I don't know just see what happens see the people I met the places I would go. And then when I moved out here to Arizona, I knew there would be a ton of opportunities for outdoor adventures. Um, I have yet to go skiing or snowboarding out here. That's something I have always wanted to do. Uh, this year might be a little late. I have a, I have a lot going on these first few months of the year, so it's going to be extremely difficult for me to get time away like that. But it's definitely something I want to pursue next year. Just take a lesson or two. Drive myself up to Flagstaff or maybe somewhere else up in Northern AZ that I could go. Maybe closer to Flagstaff. That I can learn how to do it. I've always wanted to do it. I've done things like deep water soloing up here in Northern Arizona as well. I've Deep water soloing, for those of you who don't know, is bouldering over open bodies of water. And instead of falling onto a crash pad, you fall into the water. I took a 20-ish foot tumble into about 70 feet deep of water. And nothing scared and excited me more than that. <laughs> Would I do it again? Sure. Would I have to be with the right people? Yeah. I think I need a boat at this point. Uh, if any of you want to give me a boat. Or let me use yours. Uh, whatever's easier at this point. I don't know. But uh, that's a dream. Anyway, I, uh, with this blog, I want to start as a, kind of like a supplement to the Active Mission pod, get out of here, or get out of here, I like that a lot better, actually, it's a lot more fun, I already said that, whatever, it's a Sunday, I'll be posting a lot of my outdoor tips, recommendations, best gear reviews, I'll be doing a lot more content geared towards the activities you can do in different parts of the world, the United States, um, the world is a bit of a stretch, but believe it or not, there aren't so many places outside of the United States that are vastly different in what you can and can't do. I know different countries have different rules about where you can go and can't go, um, but beside the point, I want to bring that kind of content to all of you as well. Looking forward to spreading my message through, you know, gear, apparel, anything that could help any of you live the best life you can and really serve you all into being the people that you're supposed to be, the, pe the, the man that I'm supposed to be in order to reach and serve others. That's something that I'm going to be pushing through an online store coming up. I'm really looking forward to giving you all those products and to really providing all of you a sense of, you know what, I can take control of my life, of the things that I can control. The things that are out of my control, eh, well, leave that up to God or whoever you believe in. Whereas for me, yeah. I leave my life up to God, but I know I can take control over the things in the life that he has given me responsibility over at this point.
And there's something about that that empowers me so much to just every day continue to be the better version of myself than the man I was yesterday. So that keeps me going. That keeps me fired up. That keeps me just totally pumped to move forward in life. But needless to say, that blog will be part of the active mission pod. When my YouTube channel comes up, I'll be doing tutorials of some sort. I plan on doing, you know, journal entries of some trips that I take, you know, I'll post about my Montana trip. Here and there, I'll give, like, some great recommendations and some fun things you can and can't do. If, you know, if those of you who haven't been to Montana, beautiful, beautiful place. Expensive, but beautiful place. Um, yeah, I'm super stoked to bring all of that to you, and I really hope you all enjoy it as much as I do. It's a, a huge hobby of mine, and I'm looking forward to making it a big part of my life for the rest of my life. So, that's pretty much it with that part of the blog and the website where that's at now. Uh, progress is continuing to be made. I plan to have that live probably a little bit later than when the Active Mission pod goes live, just because there's still some kinks I have to work out and some things I have to, some things I have to get situated before I can fully dive into that. Um, scheduling all this is a lot of work, as, as I'm sure some of you know. Especially on top of working a 9 to 5. it's uh, It's been a huge challenge planning all this out and timing it. But thankfully I have a tribe of guys around me who, you know, mentor me through this. Who support what I'm about doing this and support what we are doing in life. And I think that's, that's freaking awesome. You know, I hope I can get back to a point where... I'm growing and reaching a larger group of people. I want to get back into the powerlifting gym I was at. Um, that's a story for another time. Probably not going to get too into that here. But um, there's just so many possibilities in life right now that I'm excited about. That I want all of you to be excited about your own paths and the things that you're passionate about and want to do. You know, that hobby you haven't done yet. That skill you want to learn. That, uh, I don't know, event you want to go to. Just do it. Even if it's just once, just save up some money, pay for whatever you need. Doesn't have to be anything fancy or huge, but just go do it, you know? Life's only what you make it, and you can't make it about, oh, well, no one wanted to give me these chances earlier. It's like, well, where you go? Where are you going to go get them? You know, the world doesn't owe you anything. Nobody owes you anything. If you are putting in the effort... Even if people don't notice it, you are making an impact. And guess what? You will be provided for if you just keep taking those steps every day. You will make it and you will be great. So, apart from being outdoors, I plan on taking some backpacking and hiking trips. My goal is to do a hike twice a month. Anywhere from like a moderate to severe hike. Oh yeah, there's some great spots in and around Phoenix. Some great people I can be with, and going from there, it's just kind of like, yeah, just get the people together, get up at 6, 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m. on a Saturday, and just go for it. You know, do what you can, right? I know hiking out here gets really busy early in the morning, so you gotta, you gotta plan it just right, because then if you don't, you are SOL for the rest of the day.
which isn't good. Nobody wants to be there. So, uh, for my birthday this year, I'm considering doing a trip to Joshua Tree. I've never been out there, but I know it's supposed to be one of the coolest places to go. I, again, going to try to be more active on social media, gain a following through there, because I want to meet and connect with you all. Yeah, everyone who is listening to it, man or woman, any anyone really, I want to connect with all of you. I want this to reach you, and I hope that what I'm sharing helps inspire you to take action in your life. Um, I'm not going to do some big cheesy speech. I don't want to do any huge, you know, oh, hey, like, back when I was a kid, you know, some kind of boomer nonsense there. Boomers are ridiculous. I Probably a topic for another episode, but I've seen so many questions about job hopping and boomers like, oh, what about company values? And I know that's super off topic for this, but that just crossed my mind. Like, it's, it's so... Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to rant about that just yet. Maybe later, so stay tuned. Anyway, the uh the thing that gets me excited about this though is because you all know that you can do things in your life that are different from what you're doing today. It could be just a minor thing, making your bed every day, taking your pet for a walk, reading a chapter of a book. You might learn something about yourself or about the world around you. You know, read books, get educated, get into get into everything that you can. You know, we have so much content, we have so much knowledge available to us that so few of us are taking advantage of. And it's really unfortunate, you know, there are some people who I get are in much more difficult situations where it makes access to that information a little bit harder for them. I get it. I I empathize with that. But then there are people that are just genuinely lazy. And that breaks my heart. Because no one's forcing you to be lazy. It's like, it's a choice that people have, and it's really unfortunate. But if that's you, you know, I don't want to say I'm judging or condemning you because I'm not. You know, I've fallen into laziness numerous times in my life. But it is something you have to take that step to get out of. And I hope you all do, you know, whether it be just sheer laziness, because, oh, I don't feel like doing anything, like the self-entitled, you know, the world does owe me something attitude. Because look at me, look who I am. Versus, oh, I'm just so anxious and depressed right now, it's hard to get out of bed. Like, please, get help. You know, if that's the case. But, you know, go see a counselor. Go take some kind of... Just take some kind of outing where you can just be alone. Start journaling. I've started journaling again. I was on and off of it for a while. 100% worth it. 10 out of 10 recommend. Journaling. I will be selling journals at the Active Mission Pod with some refillable pages. That is coming soon. So, I don't want to hear any excuses about, oh, well, there aren't any resources for me. It's literally everywhere. You just have to look. But, that's my two cents about it. Just, uh, yeah, just get into it. So, uh, that's pretty much it for the bulk of what I wanted to get to about this episode. The upcoming things, the what inspires me to be outside and be active. 
But I wanted to give you guys something a little fun, a little bit extra, that I have talked about numerous times with my cinephile friends, with my uh, the people in my life who well, like the movies that I like, which isn't a whole lot of people, because I like, uh, I like the weird artsy stuff sometimes. Um, you know, movie studios like A24 or Neon or wherever, really. I, I like those movies sometimes because I pay attention to what the story is about and what it's trying to say rather than, oh, well, there was a sex scene. I think I talked about this in an earlier episode, you know. Sex scenes for the sake of showing sex on screen? Eh, not a big fan. But, like, if it's part of the story and actually aids the character and is done in a tasteful way, that's different, you know. I guess you could argue that either way it's being portrayed, it's going to have the same impact. Debatable. I mean... But remember, you know, people, we are individuals, we interpret things differently. And if that's your interpretation, great. I'm not going to say anything, just don't say anything about how mine is wrong. So, I guess that's what I love about film so much. But what I want to get into with you all is kind of like a top ten most disturbing movies that I've ever seen. Now, I bet you're thinking like, oh, well, you're a Christian dude, why are you watching that stuff? I love scary movies. Granted, after the most disturbing movie I've ever seen, I will never, ever watch paranormal-type, demonic-type movies again. In fact, it's been about three years since I've seen this movie. Well, no, it came out oh, about three and a half years ago, yeah. Um, anyway, I, uh, I'm looking forward to sharing all this with you all, so uh, let's get into it. So the top 10 disturbing movies thing for me was hard because uh, these are movies that I have seen once and kind of prefer to leave it there. Um, But some of you are wondering too, like, Rob, why don't you just start a podcast where you talk solely about movie reviews? Maybe in the future I'll separate them. The reason I like them being a part of the Active Mission podcast is because the whole heart talking about, you know creative problem solving and how to change the world through creative work is really important to me and for anyone who's super in the movies like I am this type of stuff is very much talked about and very much revered sure I don't agree with it from a moral standpoint really making the making behind a lot of these movies and my faith and the way I feel convicted in that is different now than it was when I was a much younger Christian, like, oh yeah, I can get away with watching this, and now I'm like, okay, I have to be more careful about what I choose to watch. Like, sure, I'm not going to stop watching movies that are a little bit, you know, on that shock value vibe, because they're they're enjoyable, I have fun. I do like my scary movies, you know? I can sit around, I can watch Saw for a bit, I can watch Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, which is a great movie. I can watch... The original Evil Dead, for example, because it's just campy and fun. And who doesn't like Bruce Campbell? I mean, come on. I heard he retired from playing uh, from playing Ash officially. It's like, well, good. Give the man a break. But, I mean, you'll never get anyone to pull off that kind of character like he will. So, I'm going to go in descending order here. My top ten most disturbing movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Starting with number 10, ending with number 1, and number 1 is the reason why I I have to be very careful now, because uh, 
Turns out I got scared a lot easier than I thought. Um, granted, not all these are horror movies necessarily. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Um, if you have kids, like, definitely want to caution you about letting your kids listen to this next part. Just because I know it could be a little, uh, a little scary. But, if you're a kid listening to this and chose to disobey your parents, you know, you get what's coming to you. Um... <laughs> I'm kidding, that's messed up, but am I kidding? Nah, just kidding. If you are a kid, please, like, this is my warning to you. Like, you've been warned. Okay. So starting off the list with number 10 for me was the movie The Lobster from 2015. This movie had Colin Farrell and Rachel Wise. Um, it is by far, without a doubt, the funniest movie I've seen about dating and relationships in this society today. I I didn't think this movie was going to be funny, but it was. Um, the director, who's a Greek director, actually another one of his movies is on my list later on here. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, he's a Greek director. Uh, the dude is a creative genius, honestly. The way he makes all of his work so much more different than the last thing he did is really, uh, it's really cool how he does it. And he really likes working with Colin Farrell, who was also in his movie Killing of a Sacred Deer. I thought that one was just meh. It was okay. The ending was really good. But I wasn't the biggest fan of that movie. I thought it was very boring. But The Lobster, I mean, that, that movie was just kind of nonstop. Dark humor. Very fun, kind of slapstick-ish comedy. A really shocking, surprising performance from John C. Riley in this movie, too. You know, he's a very underrated actor. In the dramatic territory, but needless to say, the lobster it centers around a man who finds himself single after many years, and he has his uh, pet dog with him. Now, there's a rule in the society that says you have 45 days to find a partner before you are turned into an animal of your choice and then released into the woods to be hunted for sport, essentially. But they give you the dignity of choosing which animal you want to be. And come to find out, his pet dog is actually his uh, brother who didn't make it. So learning through the lens of this man's experience, he's in this resort with a bunch of people who are desperately trying to find their soulmate in this given time constraint. Until it gets to a point where he escapes from it and finds a group of rebels in the, uh, in the forest. Who are still all humans. Um, so backing up from there, he actually chose what animal he wanted to be. He wants to be a lobster because they live forever and have a really tough exterior. You know, that's his reasoning behind it. And I thought that was a really, really neat way to title this movie. Anyway, back to where he finds the rebels. There's a woman there played by Rachel Weisz who he falls in love with. Um, however... Falling in love with people in this rebel group is, you know, forbidden. And soon it catches on, then they have to run away before getting caught. Um, this movie has a very sad, very ambiguous ending to it that's left me thinking about it for a very long time. So for those of you who want to watch it, please watch it. Let me know what you think. Um, my favorite scene in the movie, there's a there's a failed attempted suicide and dialogue happening over the sounds of this woman screaming. It's super dark content, but 
the dialogue that's being exchanged between Colin Farrell and this other actress is just it's hilarious like g- give it a watch if you can stomach it great social commentary great acting great writing directing all of it fantastic movie but also very very sad and bleak at the end of the day it's funny but it's, it's just it's it's a very depressing movie to watch so uh and then speaking of depressing my number nine spot is probably the best anti-drug movie i've ever seen and probably the most depressing one on this list um is Darren Aronofsky's 2000 film Requiem for a Dream. And I just hear every film student ever collectively sigh like, oh god, I had to watch this for my editing class. The editing in the movie was fantastic. You know, that, that's an honor to hear, honestly. But um, this movie stars a young Jennifer Connelly, Jared Leto, Marlon Wayans. And uh, honestly, the best acting performance that year, in my opinion, was Ellen Burstyn as uh, the mother in this movie. Uh, she did get an Oscar nomination, ended up losing to Julia Roberts and Aaron Brockovich, which was a meh movie, in my opinion. But Requiem for a Dream follows four people who succumb to addiction and just horrible things in life. Um, it's a very sad, harsh reality that this world is not kind to people who struggle with addiction. Um, and that if people sort of, I guess, become so independent in their own lives, can't really, can't really help or save each other. Um, it's a very, very depressing movie, very powerful acting, especially Ellen Burstyn's performance in it. For those of you who have seen it, you know, let me know what you think of that, but I can't think about this movie and then watch the ending of it, which is the climax of the movie it's very intense very sensory overload you know something darren aronofsky is very good at as a director if you have kids this is definitely not a movie to let your kids watch um probably until they're teenagers you know i would, I would let 14 and up watch this movie to be honest because it's important to see how how the wrong groups of people can change your life for the worse um whether or not that was the intended message of the movie, that's what I took out of it. But it's that was a one-time see for me because I sat there and I cried for a couple hours because I was scared so much about how realistic this movie was and just how how powerful the entire thing was. So the most depressing movie I've ever seen in my life. Watch at your own risk, but... Definitely worth seeing at least once. So next up on my list, number eight, is uh, No Country for Old Men from back in 2007, I believe. Yeah, 2007. No Country for Old Men, great book, too. Cormac McCarthy is one of my favorite writers. He wrote The Road, uh, Blood Meridian, which Blood Meridian is the... uh, Sorry, I had to sneeze there. That was really weird. Blood Meridian is the most violent book I've ever read. Um, I, I've heard they've been trying to get the movie rights to that for forever, but won't because it's like it's too graphic to put on film or whatever the rumor is. I don't know. But No Country for Old Men won a few Oscars. Most notably, it won uh, the Coen Brothers Best Director, and it won Javier Bardem Best Supporting Actor, which was 
very, very well-deserved. He uh, was the villain of the movie and was so realistic it was terrifying. Uh, the violence in this movie is very realistic. It's very graphic. The, the minimalism in this movie was so powerful in how ambiguous this movie really was. It's a very abstract movie about life and death, about how you can't really outrun changing times and death is coming for all of us. There have been a lot of video essays on the character of Anton Sugar, of the rest of the characters in the film too, but what really disturbed me about this movie was the, the normalcy of everything in the movie. Nothing seemed so urgent in the movie as far as like the action went or the I mean the action was very intense but there was no like clear there was no clear break in character until the very end of the movie which was honestly very impressive writing and acting and directing for me um the ending of the movie you find Josh Brolin's character, his name is Wellen Moss. Llewellyn Moss. Ugh, there go my L's again. He, uh... <coughs> I don't want to give spoilers, but he's not at the end of the movie in this scene. But, uh, his wife goes home, and there's Anton Cheger, uh, Javier Bardem's character, sitting in their house. You know, how did he get in there? And he's having a discussion with his wife. Because the story goes he stole $2 million that was his during a uh, drug bust gone wrong. You know, he finds just bricks of black tar heroin in the bag, in the bed of this truck. There's just and a bunch of dead bodies scattered everywhere. Um, shout out to the props department too. They made a dead dog look very convincing. So, spoiler alert, there are dead dogs in this movie. Um, but... She, she tells him something really interesting because he likes to present himself as this agent of chaos and she says something like, you know, the choice has always only been yours to kill or not to kill people. You can't leave that up to chance. And she, she stands up to him and she's the only one in the movie who does. But the movie's very ambiguous because it just shows him leaving. He gets into a car accident where his arm snaps in half. He stops a kid on the side of the road and says, hey, you know, I'll give you a hundred bucks for your shirt. I'm going to wrap my arm up. You hear the police sirens come, and he says, you never saw me. And he just walks down the street and gets away. And the movie ends with Tommy Lee Jones' character in this, talking about a dream he had, and the bluntness of it, and the way the movie just ends, has stuck with me since the first time I watched it. I, man, such a creative, creative story. I, uh, I love this movie. I, I never get tired of watching it. Um, sure, it's very, very sad at the end of the day, but it's also just incredibly intense and gripping the entire time. If you don't do well with tension, with very bloody extreme violence, um, it's not the bloodiest movie out there, but it's definitely very realistic violence. Um, then maybe watch it with caution, but it's, it's a very... Very well done movie. 10 out of 10. Give it a shot at least once. The next movie on my list, number 7, is this movie Don't Breathe. This is back, I think, in 
It was either 2015 or 2016 when this movie came out. But Don't Breathe, man. It has the... Uh, I always forget this actor's name and you think I would have researched it, but uh, I, I didn't before this episode. Um, the guy who was the old commander guy in Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar, which... Great visuals, terrible script for that movie, but um, he's in this movie. He's this old blind guy who lives in this rundown house on the outskirts of some town. I couldn't remember if it was Detroit or what, but <coughs> oh man, mm. look at that! I have the Rona. Just kidding. I don't know. Doesn't feel like the coronavirus. Just feels like some weird cold. I guess I don't know, but um. Don't Breathe was about this group of teenagers who want to start fresh. And they find out there's this old blind guy who's sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they're like, oh, we think we could just rob him. Well, turns out that was a mistake. And they become trapped in this house. And this guy's hunting them for sport. It was directed by Fetty Alvarez, who I love his work. He directed the 2013 remake of The Evil Dead, which was... A very brutal movie but also a very a very well done movie from a technical perspective the the makeup artistry in that movie i'm shocked didn't get any award nominations because i would have given that movie all the awards just for how good the makeup and prosthetics were um needless to say i think Fetty alvarez is a great great director i didn't see the second don't breathe i don't know if i want to but this first one was extremely tense. It was very... The ending was extremely disturbing when you find out what this old man's actually doing. Uh, and his whole reasoning for why he does what he does. You know, no... Uh, no spoilers, but there's a scene in the basement at the very end of the movie that I still think back to and it still scares me to this day. So, uh, again, another movie to watch at your own risk, but don't breathe. Very good movie. Very intense. Not really brutally violent, but very... Just very scary to watch. Because it's another one of those, like, this could realistically happen. In a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Watch at your own risk. Uh, definitely, again, not none of these movies are for kids. Please don't make your kids watch these movies. Um, yeah, that's it for Don't Breathe. Number six for me... Uh, another Darren Aronofsky movie, the movie Black Swan. I, I know this movie's kind of infamous in a lot of movie critic circles and just a lot of movie circles in general. Um, Darren Aronofsky, again, being no stranger. He's actually on my list three times here. You can tell how much I uh, love and despise this man's creativity. But uh, Black Swan has a career best, Natalie Portman, and an equally as good Mila Kunis. You know, Mila Kunis is the voice of Meg in Family Guy. Um, and she was the supporting character in this movie. And she she knocked it out of the park. I'm amazed she didn't get as much recognition as Natalie Portman did in this movie. But I'm also not surprised. Um, Black Swan is basically about a dancer's descent into insanity. The whole time starts having hallucinations and visions of just incredibly scary things in her life and just things in her life start falling apart she becomes so obsessed with being perfect that she ends up like slowly killing herself in the process and it's told so it's such a beautifully told story 
Um, that being said, it's another one-time see because there's some there's a couple scenes of some pretty graphic violence in this movie, but there's also an incredibly graphic sex scene in this movie. Now, I've talked about it a couple times. This is one of those movies that kind of hits that gray area for me where the sex scene made sense for the characters in the story, but it was too much. It was basically borderline pornography. I skipped through that scene because I didn't want to... (laughs) I did not want to finish watching that. It was just... It was weird. It was weird. Um, But that's one of those only examples of a gray area that I can think of in a movie where I just did... I agreed with it and I didn't agree with it. But, again, Natalie Portman won an Academy Award for this movie. Uh, Deserved it. She was great. But this is a movie that solely relies on the strength of its acting and directing. A one-time see. It It is scary. Not the scariest movie I've ever seen, but definitely one that has you thinking. And definitely messes with your brain. Very psychological horror in this movie. So... Again, watch at your own risk. Um, This is a very manipulative movie to watch. Is probably a good way to put it. But a very good one. So, yeah, that's those first five. Now we're getting into my top five most disturbing movies of all time. So number five um, is the movie Dogtooth from 2009. Dogtooth is a Greek film by the director of The Lobster, actually, Yorgos Lanthimos. And this was, I I think, when this movie premiered, it was banned in a couple countries, but ended up getting nominated for Best Foreign Language Movie at the Oscars. And that kind of put his name on the map as a director. He's he's a brilliant director, great creative mind. Everything he does is so original that I'm amazed, even at this point in time, that he's able to do what he does. But Dogtooth, oh my god. (laughs) It's hard to describe what this movie's about without giving too much away, so I'm going to do my best with it. It's basically this family in Greece that live on this huge property, but it's surrounded by these 10-foot-high fences on all sides. The kids have grown up in this compound, I guess you can call it, their whole lives and have had no access to the outside world, and every time they have to go outside, their father blindfolds them and just takes them, leaves them in the car, and that's it. And if they take off their blindfold and try to run, they're met with severe consequences. (coughs) And it's all in an attempt to... uh, Oh, God, I'm going to drink some water. You know, it's funny. I don't even feel sick. I'm just coughing. (sighs) Screw whatever this is. All right. (laughs) Ooh, all right. But dog tooth. So, like, the father would even hire... You know, these different women to come in and have sex with his son, just so he can understand what it's like. But those scenes are shown in the movie. They're very, very funny, but in a very awkward way. Uh, Uncomfortable to watch, and I think this is one of those movies that had to be uncomfortable for it to work. Um, Needless to say, the movie just keeps descending. The kids get more and more curious, and the father basically tells them, you know, once you lose your dog tooth, then you can be free. And what he's referring to is their canine teeth. Um, 
take what you will from there there is a very graphic scene later in this movie where one of the daughters decides to take matters into her own hands about her teeth and uh if you hate going to the dentist this is not your movie <laughs> yeah you've uh, you've been warned there the ending of this movie was also very uh just very bleak and kind of made made you question like what just happened uh very depressing ending because it's one of those you're rooting for the characters the whole time then you realize you never get to know what happens to them so another one to watch at your own risk it is a foreign language movie i think it's the only foreign language one on my list yeah um but dogtooth great movie to watch very uncomfortable the whole time and i think that's why it's so disturbing to me is because while it might not be the most realistic scenario in today's day and age, it could be. I mean, cult-like situations are very common. It's definitely uncomfortable. And makes you want to get up and walk away numerous times, but you can't. Because you just you got to keep watching this movie. It's so good. Um, next up is The Silence of the Lambs from 1991. Now, there's some of you who are like, oh man, really? That movie's nothing. Well... This movie not only had some of the best acting in the 90s ever put on film, some of the best directing, too, and writing, but this movie did a really good job of telling a story that was pretty controversial to tell, you know. Um, I'm not going to get too much into the story of it because I can go on for a while about it, but an FBI agent played by Jodie Foster interviews a uh, known serial killer to help catch this guy who is killing and skinning women alive. Um, and it's a very well-set-up kind of detective movie to start, but then you get into it and you realize this is very much a very psychological mind beep. You know, I, I can't say the F word on this podcast. Movie where you learn she's kind of being manipulated as a means to both protect her and get something out of her by this guy who's insane played by anthony hopkins who probably the best actor working at that time and probably still working i love anthony hopkins my dad and i watched this movie when i was about 13 14 years old but we watched an edited version on tv where a lot of the nudity wasn't there a lot of the violence wasn't there but it's, it's a really good movie for what it is. It got a lot of hate for its portrayal of, I guess, the trans community. I don't know the whole stories behind it. Which, I can see why the offense would be there. But I think delving deeper into the story, you know, they, they bring it up numerous times as like... You know, he wasn't crazy because he was transsexual, I think is how they called it. He, it was more he was... He was already, there was something already off about him. But the root of why he does what he does isn't rooted in his identity. I don't know, the movie explains it, but then people still took that like, oh, well, no, they're making fun of it. And it's like, uh, I don't know. That's just my interpretation of it. I think people don't want to look too much into it, sadly. But it's a classic for a reason. I uh, highly recommend watching it, especially if you're a little bit older. So, uh... Yeah, Sounds of the Lambs. It's also a great book. 
And the 2001 make of Hannibal that was directed by Ripley Scott was okay. I was mad about how just okay that movie was. Silence of the Lambs, that's where it's at. Just do yourself a favor, watch that one at some point. I've seen that one about five times, and I also did the musical parody of it with a theater company out here in Tempe. Um, yeah, they, they made a musical theater parody of The Silence of the Lambs, and it's, uh, it's exactly what you would expect. It was one of the most fun things I've ever done. So number three on my list is another Darren Aronofsky movie called Mother. That came out in 2017. Now, this is one of those you love it or you hate it movies. I don't know if I love or hate this movie. I love the technical elements of it. I love the... I love what it attempted to do. But I had major, major issues with how it ended. Mainly because it didn't need to be as brutal as it was. Um... Jennifer Lawrence is in this movie, and Javier Bardem, again, is in this movie. Which, they're they're both, I was surprised at how well they did together as a couple. Which, because there's a huge age difference there, but for some reason it worked. Uh, this movie also had Ed Harris and Michelle Pfeiffer in it, who were also very, very good in this movie. Uh, Donald Gleason was in this movie, too. He was very good. Um, in fact, he's he's done a lot of very good movies outside of the playing General Hux in the, Star, the Disney Star Wars trilogy, which that's that's a whole other rant on some other time. But um, Mother tells a story of this unnamed woman and man who live in this house in the middle of nowhere. And she's basically repairing and building it. And then one day, a couple shows up at their door needing refuge. And she's a little hesitant about it. And then one by one, people start trickling in, causing havoc and issues. And then more and more people start coming in. And it's a really well-told allegory for biblical history. It's not entirely biblically accurate. Uh, I can go into more depth about that later. I won't on this episode. But let's just say there are multiple scenes of torture, uh, on-screen executions happening. Um, a scene with her baby at the very end, which I... Uh, I got very angry about because <laughs> of how sad and disgusting it was. I'm not going to say what happened in this episode, but uh, for those of you who seen the movie, you know. For those of you who are going to be morbidly curious and look it up, you'll know. Uh, this was a one-time scene for me. I don't have it in me to watch this one again. Um, pretty much every Darren Aronofsky movie ever, I can only watch once. Um, except for Noah. The movie Noah sucked, which I was really sad about because I was looking forward to it. <coughs> more water oh and samson's awake right now big stretch there you go buddy all right but mother very well done from a design perspective from a uh, technical elements perspective the acting was very good too but that's another one that's just like man it's so cynical and depressing that it's just only worth watching once. Yeah, that's all I can say about it. So, uh, these top two, I'm gonna give a disclosure on. I am not endorsing watching these movies. I'm just saying I watched them basically so you don't have to. Because I don't want you all to invite these things into your lives. But I will just give my perspective on them. Of, like, 
what I enjoyed, what I didn't enjoy, because at the end of the day, there are great elements and everything we can use, but I can't let that be a part of my life in a way that's, like, rooted in something I genuinely believe in. So I won't. But the number two spot is, I believe it was either 2018 or 2019, I could be totally wrong, of The House That Jack Built, which is a Lars von Trier movie. Um, you know, I, I try to avoid his movies just because I know he's very much exploitative in his violence and unnecessarily over the top. He's probably one of the most controversial filmmakers working today, probably ever, but he's made some interesting choices in the past. Uh, and again, like a lot of movies that are very disturbing aren't on this list because either A, I'm not interested in watching them, or B, they're too much, or C, I just haven't seen them. But, um, that's that. So The House That Jack Built stars Matt Dillon, who knocked it out of the park in this movie. He was very scary and very good in this movie. Uma Thurman was in it, too, for a bit. Uh, she died a terrible way in this movie. But The House That Jack Built tells a story of this man, Jack, who's trying to build a house from scratch. But he has... A huge existential crisis about like what it is he's actually building essentially and the movie gets into this topic of why he commits the crimes that he does and he ends up killing dozens of people in this movie um, I don't agree with the violence that was shown in this movie. There were scenes in this movie. I was surprised it even got past an editing board. And I can see why it was banned and edited out of some versions, you know. For example, you know, there's a scene in the movie where he takes this woman and her two kids out for a picnic. Then he ends up going, they end up playing hide and seek or something. I can't remember, like, the leading up to the scene. But anyway, he gets up into the uh, sniper's tower with a sniper and starts shooting them all one by one. And watching children get shot with a sniper on screen is very tough to watch. Um, that, there's just multiple very graphic murders depicted on screen. Definitely not one to watch around children or watch with your parents at all. Um, I, I unfortunately saw the unedited version, so you saw everything. And I was very disgusted in this movie. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't skip anything, though, because I was very much into the story and Matt Dillon's performance, but for those of you who like him, you will never view him the same way again once you see this movie. Um, very graphic, very intense, not one I would ever recommend again. In fact, had to feel like I had to repent after watching that movie, you know, just kind of, God, I'm sorry for watching that and letting my curiosity get the better of me, but guess what? I learned now. Uh... That being said, though, there was one scene in the movie that I thought was one of the funniest uses of black comedy I've ever seen in my life. There's a scene where he pretends to be a police officer to get into this woman's house to kill her. And there's this whole dialogue where he's so bad at lying 
and this woman's not having it, but he keeps continuing this lie, and it's so bad every single time. He just keeps digging this hole. Then she ends up buying it. It was so funny the way that that was, the way that, that was done. So I have to give credit there. There were some very good examples of writing in this movie. Um, the acting very powerful. Uh, but it's also a movie like yeah, unless you're into that super gross, violent, exploitative movie, which I'm usually not, then don't watch it. It's not worth it. Um, but if you're into that stuff. It is a very artistic movie, and it is a very, very interesting movie to think think about uh, philosophically, because it does kind of make you question what goes on in some people's minds when they think about creating a world for themselves, and how people interact with each other in certain circumstances. It's, yeah, it's one of those movies. Now, my number one most disturbing movie I've ever seen is, you know, funny enough, I saw because people at my church recommended that I see it. And then I saw it with a friend of mine, and he and I had nightmares for a week. Um, Full disclosure, this is a horror movie. Um, A very well-acted, very well-directed, very well-written, very well-written movie. Um, It is 2018's Hereditary. This movie was directed and written by Ari Aster. I think this is his first full-length feature movie. He had a short film that I watched on YouTube called The Strange Thing About the Johnsons, which that one messed me up, too. You know, he he managed to pack a lot of trauma in the 30 minutes in that movie. Don't let your curiosity get the better of you on that one. I'm pretty sure no one wants to relive that. If you've seen it, I'm sorry. I hope your therapy's paying off. (coughs) But if you haven't seen it, then don't. Hereditary has a really great acting performance in all four of the leads in this movie, but especially Toni Collette. You know, she she got robbed at the Oscars that year. I think she uh, she should have at least been nominated for her role in this movie because she was terrifying in this movie. She scared the absolute crap out of me. But basically, it's this family struggling with coping with the loss of. Tony Collette character, her name is Annie, Annie's mother in this movie. But then when her mother dies, there's just a bunch of weird paranormal stuff going on. She keeps thinking she has these visions of her mom. Meanwhile, her daughter is acting very strangely. Son's kind of disassociating with things, and the husband's very stressed with work. Then you come to find out, like, oh, well, Grandma's been hiding some stuff. There's a whole party scene... With the two kids, because, you know, her son asks, hey, there's a party I want to go to, can I go? And both him and his little sister go. Well, turns out his little sister has a nut allergy. She ate a cake with nuts in it. He tries to rush to the hospital. There's this whole car accident scene that I screamed in the movie theater. I've never done that before. I couldn't believe what I was watching or the fact that that was allowed to be shown on screen. And I sat there petrified for about 10 minutes before I could, like, move. Because I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. From that point on, the movie just got slowly more and more demonic, evil. Just a bunch of things were happening. I remember getting up after that movie, my friend and I. 
And we said, yeah, I'm, we're not doing that again. You know, we're going to research the movies we watch and we're going to avoid crap like that. And not to say that the movie was crap. It was a very good movie. It was just the content in it and the way it ended was so just purely evil. I had to repent for letting that in my life. So this is a warning to all of you about that movie. If you are convicted by your faith on it, I watched it so you don't have to, you know, take what you will. Very good movie, very well done, but very realistic, very depressing, incredibly scary, and just all around not a good time if you don't like scary movies. If you do like scary movies, watch at your own risk. I know a lot of people thought it was stupid. I guess in some perspectives the ending was a little bit dumb, but it scared me enough to be scared about getting involved in any of that stuff. So, uh, that's been your warning there. So, there you go. Top 10 most disturbing mo- most disturbing movies I've ever seen. I bring this up, again, not only to be a warning to all of you, but because this is a hugely popular topic in the world of movies, and TV especially. Um, people have different opinions and thoughts about it, and I, I like providing all this for you. So... Enjoy what you will. Again, watch at your own risk. I'm not condoning watching these movies, but if you want to watch them, that's what I'd recommend. Just be careful. Don't invite stuff in your life that you're not willing to deal with the consequences with. That's all I'm going to leave you all there. So that's it for the uh, for the movie reviews of so far. I'll probably do another one of these next month. I just wanted to get this out of the way because it was on my mind. Um... So kind of recapping what we were talking about with the disturbing movies and taking your health seriously. Kind of two alternating things. Um, I love doing movie tier lists of different kind of genres and stuff because it brings me happiness and brings me joy. I uh, Even something like a disturbing movies list I bring up because, again, it's a popular topic. And also because it gets people engaged. And I love... I love the discussions that happen because of these. So, going from there, yeah, I, I could see myself splitting off movies into a separate episode. But I just, I like it being a part of the active mission because it does kind of tie in what I want to do in my own creative work and kind of how I want to see everybody else have impacts on their community. Granted, I don't want everybody out there making movies like Hereditary or The House That Jack Built. Because the world can only handle that probably once. Probably shouldn't even handle it once. But, you know, here we are. Um, These are things that exist in the world. And you know what? You can't really shield your kids forever. You can't really shield yourselves forever. You just got to know at some point when you're old enough to take responsibility for your life. Like, hey, I know what I can handle. And if this is something that I can't handle, then I want nothing to be a part of it. Pretty much the last two movies that I mentioned on my list, or the last three movies on this list, with the exception of like Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan, yeah, probably never watch again. But you know what? I'm glad I had those learning experiences because now I know what I like and what I don't, and what has a major impact on me and what doesn't. Um, and sometimes having to go through that learning experience is super important so you don't have to 
I guess, carry that anywhere else where it's going to hurt you. And through that, I've learned how to be more cautious about what I let into my life and how I can still continue to enjoy things that I find enjoyable and have a good conscience about it and not really feel a lot of guilt or fear because of it. And I think tying that into taking your physical and mental health seriously, you know, inviting things into your life that are going to hurt you is going to hold you back. Whether it be alcoholism or, you know, a pornography addiction, or it could be really anything that you know is bad for you, but it's like, oh, it feels good in the moment. It just, it numbs so much of what I go through. I'm sorry, but like, that's inviting things into your life that you don't want there. Sure, it's scary, unknown territory, and it's a very embarrassing thing for a lot of people, myself included, to admit. I struggled with alcohol for a long time. You know, I struggled with a ton of things in my life, and sometimes I still do. And yeah, it's really hard to bring that stuff up, but guess what? How can you get healing if you're not going to take responsibility for your life? <clears throat> oh man again I don't feel sick I just started coughing I don't know why but don't let negative things in your life impact who you could be tomorrow if that means just finding one positive aspect of something and making something of it or you know it could be like even telling a joke making a meme for someone I don't know Make a stupid video on TikTok. Who cares? You know, have have fun doing something that's not, like not gonna hurt you or others. There's a it's something that's really important to me. I uh, yeah, I really believe that if more of us took responsibility like that, we could genuinely make our lives better. So. uh, that's really it for this episode. I will continue releasing more and more episodes as time goes. Guys, we are so close to getting to those 50 listeners. I just checked my numbers and we're at 27 right now. I need another 23 to go before I hit my 50 for the month. And that would be that would be so cool to reach that number. I, uh, you know, I hope wherever any of you are right now, you are doing well. In the pandemic, I hope you're all healthy, thriving, happy. And if you're not, you know what? That's okay. It takes time for everybody. But guess what? you got to start taking those steps. The more steps you take, the more likely you're going to end up somewhere where you want to be. So that's my, uh, that's my encouragement for all of you today. Hope you all have a wonderful week ahead of you. And I will see you all again on Friday.